You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. That uh, kicks up um, off our Behind the Music with RJ Benjamin. And that's the music of Dolly Parton. Jolene, good afternoon, RJ. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good. You started with Jolene. Why? Well, I, I, I think Dolly Parton's career had already been going for over a decade by that stage. But Jolene is really the song that that she where she began to like uh, build this uh, serious international crossover momentum where the song was so catchy it, it that it, it it didn't matter that the genre was let's say country music it crossed over in a way that probably no no country song had crossed over up to this point in the history of music i mean people of all races religions age groups know the song it's such a it's just it's ridiculously famous. I, I didn't grow up with a song, and I know the song, and I can't explain why, um, but it's just one of those things. Like breathing I, was, air. I was actually going to ask you, now you've just said, you know, I can't explain why. W- what is it about her that made her so popular across genres, across ages, where you didn't have to be a country music lover, but you knew Dolly Parton, you knew her music. What, what was it about her craft that made it so accessible? You know, she, she's a, she's so fascinating because I think uh, on face value, probably why we all know her is because Dolly uh, was so distinctive, and she she made a point of being distinctive from a very young age. Um, she she uh, she was not shy of showing off her assets, and I think for for many of us growing up, um, you know, we would watch her perform, and she she was who she was. Um, I would see her on some variety show, and she, she's a, she has this incredible ability. Even if you think you may have your preconceived opinions of her, but she has this ability to connect with human beings across the board. And I think that's the most powerful thing any artist can have. Well, let's talk about that, you know, the, the uncomfortable conversation around her aesthetic, because she, she must have figured out at some point that, yes, she can sing, yes, she's talented, but she needed to do something else to get that attention. Um, and the reason I say that is that it she may have had Um, you know, she may have been somebody that was, that stood out, as you said, you know, she Mm. may, she may have had assets that stood out, but not really. I mean, she, she went on to actually acquire more and and add on to (laughs) her breasts, which, which then distinguished her more. So there must've been something about her deciding, I I have to do more to get that attention quite early on. And I think, I agree, and and I think there are many reasons for that. I think the first one starts with the fact that she came from a family in a very small town. She was the fourth child of uh, of twelve children, mm. and so you're already looking at someone who wanted to stand out from the crowd, and she really did. She was already writing and performing songs from a very young age, six, seven years old. So that that's where I think it all begins. The second thing is this, and. Uh, Dolly often doesn't get uh, credit for this, but she really stood up for uh, female empowerment, um, being being an independent woman uh, who was never, 
ever going to be held back by a man. And um, I mean, uh, you know, in terms of when Jolene came out, Dolly Parton um, essentially uh, started by performing um, uh, on a on a show as as kind of second fiddle. She mm. was the the pretty young girl who wrote some cute songs, mm. and ev- eventually she she landed up uh, leaving that show. The show was the Porter Wagner show, and uh, he was a very famous country musician by then. It was a very famous country show, but if you watch clips of the show, he was always slightly condescending towards Dolly Parton. He never saw her as a um, partner, a partner as an equal. Yes, and and when you watch uh, uh, documentaries on her, it was clear that Dolly was becoming more popular than Porter Wagner. But even at uh, even when she was effectively the star of the show, he refused to ever give her that um, credit. Hmm. And and again, I think she, uh, all of these things drove Dolly to basically b- become a person who said, "You're not going to put me down. Hmm. I'm not going to blend into the crowd. I'm standing out." And I think uh, he wanted her to, to, to kind of stay in this bubble of being uh, a country singer and a country artist. Mm. And I think she felt to some degree that him holding her down and holding her back and acting as though he was, he, uh, he was kind of like controlling her, mm. she decided that's not going to happen. And I think a lot of that inspired her for ambitions to be far beyond any country singer. She wanted to be an artist, an internationally recognized artist. And I think it's all of those things that that created someone who wanted to stand out Mm. uh, and was never, ever going to be bogged down by a man. And that theme... Uh, remained with with Dolly throughout her whole career. I mean, we we have to, as I said, a little bit touch on the fact that she recognized that aesthetic in the music business, and it's not only her, plays a massive, massive role. She owned that, she knew that, and she wasn't ashamed of knowing and and, and explaining to everybody, I mean, quite visually, quite obviously, to say, I am also because I look this right or I look this particular way oh, and I mean there's a fascinating story about the song uh, 95 yeah. which of course uh, st- started off with um, Dolly being brought into this movie starring um, who are the actresses in the movie Jane Fonda the famous Jane Fonda yes. and Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda tells this fascinating story in fact I think Lily also t- talks about it that they were with Dolly for months shooting 95 they never once saw Dolly not dressed up and not fully made up. They never wow. once saw her just waking up in the morning looking like a quote-unquote normal human being. Wow. They, she, 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 she has constantly maintained that look, that character, uh, no matter what. In fact, m- many people say the only person who's ever seen Dolly without the, 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 the hair, hair and, the, yeah. and, and everything else is her husband. And um, and by the way, she's she's she was married very young, and she's still married to the same man uh, all these years later. Mm. It's, it's quite fascinating because you would think that that wouldn't fit, yeah. but D- Dolly Parton has has her stuff together. I got to say. Mm. Okay, well, but, well, why don't we just play that nine to five, and then uh, come back with more. So that is 95, um, one of those are the very, very popular ones by uh, Dolly Parton. And and then we're moving on to a song that I think 
in fact, many do know that uh, was written by Dolly Parton. Yeah, I mean, I still think there's quite a lot of people that don't. And that's really? simply because uh, Whitney Houston is that amazing of a singer that her her interpretation kind of just completely undid um, people's memories, even if they did subliminally uh, hear the song. Um, I think uh, the great singers do that. and um, But the song has such a fascinating history. So mm-hmm. first off, the guy that I was talking about earlier, uh, Porter Wagner, mm-hmm. um, I Will Always Love You is actually a song written about Porter Wagner. It was about her leaving the show. So to us, the song is a love song about her saying goodbye to someone. But in actual fact, the song is about her sing, uh, it's telling Porter Wagner, I've got to go, but I think you should know I Will Always Love You. And it's quite, I mean, that for me is already... Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> by the way, I, I, I have to say this. Dolly Parton is one of the most prolific songwriters ever. She's mm. written over 3,000 songs. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's been well documented. And, and, just, and just to give you a comparison, um, uh, someone like Paul McCartney, um, I, I think, has just touched about 500 songs documented. Um, I know for myself, I might be up at about 800 songs. It's just, you know, the the kind of prolific <laughs> nature of Dolly Parton as a writer is, is, is always understated. But mm. there's another very, very fascinating story about I Will Always Love You. Mm. So, yes, she releases it. It becomes a moderate hit for her. Mm-hmm. Um, around, uh, I think it was just uh, after the release of Jolene. It was around that time, 1973, 1974. But this, the song was uh, w- was getting attention, and it was getting attention in some interesting places, most notably Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley heard the song. And of course, this is the king of rock. Up to this point, besides maybe the Beatles and Frank Sinatra, he's the biggest artist that's ever been in, the, in, in terms of contemporary music. Mm. Um, and what Elvis wants, Elvis gets. <laughs> uh, and of course, Elvis contacts Dolly Parton and says, I want your song. I want to sing your song. But Elvis had a rule whenever he basically sang someone else's song. He bought the song and he wanted the, the, the publishing. He wanted to buy all of the rights to the song. Mm. And I, look, at the time, it must have been the hardest thing to say no to Elvis Presley. Mm. How do you say no to the king of, of rock? <laughs> um, and Dolly Parton told him, I'm not giving away anything. So uh, if you want the song, you can have it, but I'm keeping my publishing. He said, no, I want it to take it or leave it. She said, I'll leave it. Now... You, now, this was in the 70s. This, was, wow. this would have been around 76. Um, now, many years later, of course, Whitney Houston releases the song. I think it was in 1992. Yeah. Uh, imagine waiting all of that time for your song to, to be taken. Like she, she, uh, and that rule has inspired so many songwriters to basically be like, do not give away your publishing. You don't know mm. when... when, when when this thing might uh, might light a fire and just strike and blow up. And I mean, Whitney Houston, I will always love he's one of the biggest singles yeah. of all time. One of the biggest singles. You know, um, there, are, there are very few other songs that Whitney Houston sang that are, are as um, recognizable as being a Whitney Houston song as then I will always love you. you I mean, you could possibly think of... Um, uh, I want to dance with somebody, you know. I mean, I know there are many others, but nothing really strikes mm. people's hearts and heartstrings like I will, I will always love you. Um, 
And, uh, and, and Dolly Parton is probably one of the richest songwriters in the world just because of the fact that she waited 20 plus years, almost 30 years to take the song. And I think you also have to give credit to Clive Davis, mm. who I think you may have spoken to, to Sheldon about um, yeah. many months ago. Yeah. But Clive, Clive Davis is the one who approached Dolly. He believed there was something special about the song. And he believed that Whitney Houston would, would, uh, would take that song to the next level. Um, so, you know, all credit has to go to Clive, uh, Clive yeah. Davis for that. But right. yeah, one of the greatest songs of all time. We will play that song, but right after this. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. I would only be in you. Now that is the Dolly Parton version of I'll Always Love You. It's so different, RJ. It's so mm. different. And, 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 and this is where um, you see the genius of a Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston was not a songwriter. Yeah. Um, and, and this is why the music industry sometimes needs songwriters and it needs great interpreters. Whitney Houston is one of the great interpreters. You know, um, Aretha Franklin was very similar. Not, she didn't write a lot of her songs, but boy could she reinterpret a song from a songwriter and and Whitney just took it took it somewhere else and I also think you you have to give credit to the mark of a great songwriter because a great song can be sung by anyone of any genre I mean it's a this song you can hear the country you can hear the country influence in the song and yet when Whitney sang it it sounded like it was a song for everyone and anyone it's unbelievable Um, and and just just to explain well I, I mean just to give you a a few numbers in terms of how big uh, Whitney's version was. When it they uh, uh, so it it literally got onto the Billboard Hot 100, which usually your song has to get to number one. Her <laughs> version debuted number one, and it stayed there uh, for uh, for 14 weeks. 14 weeks, uh, which, which is insane. It's uh, the longest running number one single from a soundtrack album. Of course, the the, the song was from a soundtrack. Um, I mean, over the years, it sold uh, untold amounts of copies. Um, in the U.S. alone, it sold over 4 million copies. This is when actual CDs were being sold. I mean, it's unbelievable. The accolades, I mean, obviously, the song uh, won uh, Record of the Year at the Grammys. It won uh, the Grammy Award for Best Single Pop Performance. Um, and, and, I mean, it's just unbelievable how successful the song was. I mean, in many in many countries, almost in all the major countries of the world, it was the biggest song. Mm. I mean, it swept every award you, you can think of. And, and, and honestly, again, you, you really have to look back at that decision by, by Dolly to say no, no to Elvis Presley, to give it to another all-time great, like 27 years later. And, and it must be, I mean, I don't know how people feel about this, but it must be such a, a wonderful honor when you hear everybody want to sing it. And you would know this from all these competitions where everybody from every small oh, town to every big town, it must be a hell of a compliment when everybody just aspires to sing a song like that. I, yes, it's not always done well, but it, it has to mean something. Oh, yes. I mean, look, it, I, I mean, as much as sometimes I, I work on a lot of reality shows and it can be <laughs> annoying when you hear I Will Always Love You being sung 50 times in one season. <laughs> but it's testament 
it's testament to great songs. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why you hear certain songs again and again and again and again and again on these reality shows is because those are realistically the greatest songs of all time. That's why we all want to sing them. Yeah. All right. Let's play this version of I'll Always Love You. If I should stay, I would only be in your way, so I'll go, but I know. I'll think of you every step of the way All right, so people are going to kill me, but it is what it is. Thank you so much, RJ. And that is the Whitney Houston version of I'll Always Love You. Do you want to say anything? No, there's nothing to say. Let's you, leave, leave it with, with that amazing song. We can't say anything. Thanks, RJ. Do it again soon. Uh, we'll Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Coming up is Bongi Gwala on Beyond the Headline. And today, they're speaking to former Prasa CEO, Lucky Montana, who will be speaking to Bongi ahead of his pending appearance at the Zondo Commission. That and more coming up after 3. 3 o'clock now. Let's go to Uti Lesaku for the latest in SABC News.